Welcome back to Pastor's Prophecy Hour, your midweek installment of the Greater Life Church podcast. I'm Landon, and I'm here again with Pastor Andrew to talk about this next episode. Pastor Andrew, you've said this may be the last episode of Pastor's Prophecy Hour. So what are we going to be talking about in this episode? Well, Landon, I first have to tell you I'm a little emotional. We're in the podcast studio here where it all began. And this is our last Pastor's Prophecy Hour for now. May come back. But on this episode, I'm going to share all of the things I've been holding back. Mm, Like what? Frankly, the Catholic Church. The vaccine now being two years old, I've got some data I'm going to share. But let me just say on the onset and remind everybody, we are people of hope and people of the Spirit. If anybody's listening to this podcast and they don't have a relationship with Jesus, as you know, Landon, all they have to do is click, email. We would love to help them find that relationship. That's right. And now with Pastor's Prophecy Hour coming to an end, what do we have to look forward to in the future? Well, I think when we come back to this podcast, prophecy certainly is going to be happening all the time. We'll have some snippets of prophecy, but I feel like we're going to really take more deep dives in scriptural studies. And maybe Pastor's Prophecy Hour becomes more of a Bible tea moment that we have on the weekly basis. Thanks, Pastor Andrew. Let's get into it. start with the video shorter than last week but I have described this video I don't know how many times during pastor's prophecy hour remember the video with the weird song and the European sirens and all that kind of stuff and I've described this to you it's from the 70s here it is reports keep coming in from all over the globe confirming it as true to say that the world is in a state of shock this morning would be to understate the situation The event seems to have taken place at the same time all over the world, just about 25 minutes ago. Suddenly and without warning, literally thousands, perhaps millions of people just disappeared. A few eyewitness accounts of these disappearances have not been clear, but one thing is certainly sure. Millions who were living on this earth last night are not here this morning. Speculation is running high that some alien force from outside our system has declared war on the planet. And some feel it to be a spectacular judgment of God. The United Nations is in a special emergency session. This is nearly every government message. Bishop Franklin Sullivan, the chairman of the Church Confederation, has proposed that this might actually be the rapture spoken of in some areas of theology. He says, and I quote, Of course, even if it is something like the rapture, we need not panic. The very fact that we are here and able to discuss it is sign enough that it is not all-inclusive. End of quotation. The event spoken of in the Hebrew Christian scriptures is described somewhat in the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 24, verses 36 and on. And Jesus Christ is reported to be the speaker. And he says, and I quote, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels in heaven, but my Father only. I understand you're having a hard time making a decision. How would you know that? 
No, uh, the medic at the hospital seemed to know an awful lot about us also. Some of your friends are kind of concerned about your future. I think maybe you ought to hear what they have to say. Sandy! Oh, Sandy! Oh, Sandy! You're a Christian! Oh, Patty, anybody can say they're a Christian. But I talked to Jonathan. Jonathan's one of us. But he had nothing to do with the trap that Sandy set for you. Sandy, why did you stay with us all day? trying to keep those fanatics from encouraging you into making a foolish decision. Yes, actually it's simple. You can lose your head or you can go free to work, to buy, to eat, to live a normal life just like before. When do we want you with us? Oh. <laughs> yeah, how logical Satan makes everything seem. You're all liars. You're liars! <laughs> Linda Jansen, do you wish to renounce your faith? I do believe. What must I do to be born again? Admit you're a sinner, that Christ shed his blood and died for your sins, that he was resurrected and is truly the living Son of God. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. is on YouTube. Full movie. First one's called Thief of the Night. The second one's called The Distant Thunder. The first scene is the movie's imagination in the 70s of what it might look like to wake up. As the scripture says, two people were lying in bed and then woke up and one was gone and one remained. The end of the movie talks a, a, it, the guillotine thing. So if you're wondering... If that is even the way that people are put to death in the tribulation, Revelation chapter 20, verse 4 says, Then I saw thrones, and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. Now, it may not be like that. But it's not that long ago that we had images that would spread all across the internet and the news channels about a beheading of a different kind for people that would, would not renounce their faith in terrorist interactions that they would behead the Christians. Now, at the end of the day, we find ourselves in trying times. But let me start with some good news tonight. The good news is that we must not stop fighting, that we are in a spiritual battle, and yet there is still hope for us to win some battles on this side of glory. Yes, the war is over. Jesus is going to be victorious in the end, but we must keep fighting. A couple of weeks ago, I shared with you some pictures and that were very troubling that Disney had a brand new show that was coming out called Little Demon. It is the story of a child who was born to a woman who had basically Lucifer, Satan, had fathered this child, and this 13-year-old girl was in the school, and this child was, in essence, the Antichrist known as Little Demon. Well, Christians went to work, went to praying, and went to fighting, and I have good news. Let's show that picture. Disney has canceled Little Demon. Now, who did it? Million Moms. They went to work, and Disney backed off of this. So is there still hope? Absolutely. We keep fighting. We keep praying. We do not just walk away. We can fight with our money, but more importantly, we can fight with our prayers. And We do have power in this realm in the name of Jesus. Amen? So tonight we're going to talk about a few things, but first let me just... I don't want to go too far 
without saying that the things we're talking about tonight for the believer should not be fearful at all. Because for the believer, we are to be with Jesus during these times. When these judgments fall upon the earth, we are going to be with the Lord because the rapture will occur. He'll catch us up. That's what we saw at the beginning of that clip. And we will be with Jesus. But it certainly doesn't neglect the fact or understate the fact that we need to be educated. We need to be paying attention. So tonight I'm going to talk about some things that basically I've wanted to talk about for a long time. Um. But frankly, they're not edgy. They're, they're more of a, there may be some of you that are either shocked or just kind of like, wait a second, is that really true? Everything I'm going to tell you tonight, of course, I've, it's true. It's, it's true. But when we start treading into waters that are, have been assumed for many, many years, it's a challenging thing for some. So, I just want to say that to preface that there's no hate in any of this. There's only hope. So let's start by talking about the beast in Revelation 17 and how this beast, what it could be. There's two takes on it. First, let's read the passage in Revelation chapter 17. I'll just read it. This passage is about a part called the great prostitute. Beginning in verse 1, one of the seven angels who had poured out the seven bowls came over and spoke to me. Come with me, he said, and I will show you the judgment that is going on, that is going to come on the great prostitute who rules over many waters. Let me pause here, remind you that women and the picture of women in the scriptures, especially in this context, is speaking of a religion. It carries that annotation it carries that identity waters also is a picture of people a sea of people is used in the language many many times over so it rules over many waters a great prostitute so we can conclude there that this probably likely one of the one of the most prominent beliefs is that this is a religion that rules over many people the kings of the world in verse 2 the kings of the world have committed adultery with her in other words they have had a relationship or have bought into completely this relationship with this religion. And the people who belong to this world have been made drunk by the wine of her, her immorality. So the angel took me in the spirit into the wilderness, and there I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that had seven heads and ten horns and blasphemies against God were written all over it. The woman wore purple and scarlet. And beautiful jewelry made of gold and precious gems and pearls. In her hand she held a gold goblet full of obscenities and the impurities of her immorality. A mysterious name was written on her forehead, Babylon the Great, the mother of all prostitutes and obscenities in the world. I could see that she was drunk, drunk with the blood of God's holy people who were witnesses for Jesus. I stared at her in complete amazement. We'll come back to the text in just a few moments, but I need to tell you the lesser known theory of who the great prostitute is, the nation of Israel. That the nation of Israel is the great prostitute. This is the lesser known theory. This is also not my particular conviction. However, there is a lot of imagery and different things as we read through the Old Testament scriptures of Israel prostituting itself against other gods right however in this passage it's hard for me to draw that line because Israel very quickly is on the outskirts of the world powers in the tribulation there's three and a half years of peace and then it all falls apart right however this could be the one world religion, but more specifically, where does that one world religion come from? So how many of you guys know that every tree has roots? So what are the roots behind the one world religion? Let's look at it for just a few moments. The church, this prostitute, comes up out of Rome. It has control over Rome. 
It sits on seven hills. Let's go over a couple of pictures. Might as well get the shock factor out of here. There's the seven hills of Rome. What church comes out of Rome, y'all? Let's show it. The passage I just read in the scripture said that this church adorns itself in what? Scarlet and purple. Adorns itself with jewels. The hat that that guy in the middle is wearing has so much imagery connected to it, it's not even funny. The Philistine god was a fish god. And all of the ancient imagery that they have found connected to this fish god was as a fish with an open mouth. And you can find many pictures, and I don't have them, but you can look them up, that that image, that hat, is almost a complete replica of this fish god. Of course, you have the chalice there, the goblet, and then you have the scarlet and the purple, which is what they adorn themselves with. The church is said in the scriptures to have a golden cup. The church is said and called itself a mother church. It doesn't take too long to read and to find out from Catholic writings that they call themselves the mother of all churches or the mother church. Any good Catholic will tell you that if you're not Catholic, you're not Christian, right? What's some of the things that they that this particular great prostitute of this church is said to do. Well, it's said to kill Christians. It is drunk with the blood of the followers of Jesus. Did you know that no matter how many Christians Islam has killed, they have not even begun to touch how many followers of Jesus the Catholic Church has slaughtered since the Reformation? It is said that this particular, the great prostitute, this religion espouses false doctrine. We don't have to look very far to find out that the doctrine within the Catholic Church is very skewed and very, <laughs> the dogma is rotten. The teachings change with each pope because the pope carries within himself, according to the church, the right to write scripture. And what the pope says is immediately on the same level of the scripture, of the Bible. I saw a video today of a cult in Greenville, Ohio, where a man that's leading it has now designated himself the chief apostle. He calls itself a Christian cult. He says there are 11 other apostles. He also says, if you would like to have a light burden, follow me. Now, he means me. He doesn't mean like in the context of follow Jesus. He, says, he means follow me. And he was asked the question bluntly, can you write scripture? He said, I think I can. I know I can. I will. Quote. And yet, we get up in arms about it, but the Catholic Church has been doing just that for thousands of years. And popes were married with children until they weren't. Because one pope decided, everybody after me, by the way, the one that decided that was married with children. Everybody after me can't be married. Espouses false doctrine, doctrine that says we can light candles for the dead after they've passed, that babies can be baptized into salvation. That says there is no right to the Father in heaven until you've talked to the priest in the box of the confession. Man, I've been wanting to say this for a while. But I'm not mad at the Catholic Church or Catholics in general because at the end of the day, Quote, unquote, good Catholics are doing what their Catholic leaders are telling them to do. Go to church, say seven Hail Marys, kneel when you're supposed to, stand when you're supposed to, give when you're supposed to. Uh, it, it's, it's sad. You'll be fine. You're a Christian. And yet there are one, catch it, billion Catholics in the world. And by and large, many are just religious in nature, but not a relationship with Jesus in nature. It also says that this church, this prostitute, will uproot three kings. You can do the history study yourself, but you'll find out between the Middle and the Dark Ages, 
the kings would push back against the church, and when they did, the church made no mistake that the church was in charge. You're no longer king. And they would install a new king. This church claims to have the power of God to forgive sin on earth. This church is a religio-political power. We find it through the Dark Ages and through the Middle Ages, and even today, how many presidents have made a trip to go see the Pope? It's on the bucket list of all of them. Why? Because the Pope has incredible and immense wealth and power in our world stage. This church will change commandments, will change times and will change laws. Did you know that our calendar is based on the Roman Catholic calendar? <laughs> this church will endeavor to change end times as well. If there's any doubt in your mind that maybe the roots of this one world religion have not already begun and taken hold in the Catholic Church, then why don't we look at the assembly hall of the Pope? What does that look like to you? It's like a snake to me. Now, down there in the center of that room, and by the way, if you come out from that on Google Earth and you look from the top down, it has a viper's head. In the center of that room is a statue that is on the next slide. It's supposed to be Jesus. This, friends, is in place right now in Vatican City where the Pope takes up an audience. A closer look at the head shows you that that is not Jesus. That is the head of a viper and the head of a snake. Friends, scriptures tell us clearly that the devil will masquerade as an angel of light. And in the Catholic Church, I can tell you that there's a doctrine that's more prevalent than anything else, that everybody's got a guardian angel and everybody's angels are looking out for him and we got saint this and saint that and there's a saint for everything under the sun. But what they're missing completely is that Jesus is the supreme of all and he is the source of all power. He is the source of all creation. He is the one that holds it all together, Colossians chapter 3. He is. And they have completely perverted the truth of the gospel. There's another thing that fits into our history that I'd like to share with you. And now let's go to the next part of the one world religion. Are we ready? We're going to go. We're not going to go to the COVID stuff quite yet. We're going to go to that in just a few moments. Yeah, we're going to talk about vaccines tonight in just a minute. Stuff I've been wanting to say for two years. Here we go. All right, but anyway, I got some information. It's fully baked. It's fully baked. And none of it's made up and none of it's speculation. I'll tell you in just a few moments. Maybe we'll run out of time and I'll have to say it. Anyway, back to this. Freemasons. Freemasons. Here again, I've told you that with the world religions, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, Freemasons, and even Catholics, guys, when you're just knee-deep, ankle-deep in these organizations, you don't really know what's going on. But the longer you're in that organization, the more you learn about what that organization is all about, and you begin to discover how corrupt and how backwards and how the gospel really isn't the gospel, even though they're presenting it as the gospel. And so we have many, many people that for as long as I can remember, decades have been deacons in their churches and have served on boards of churches and have been in strategic Sunday school teaching positions that are very active in the Freemasons. What's the big deal? Jesus said, take no secret oath. All of these organizations have that in common, save the Catholic Church. Let's talk about the Freemasons. Why does it even matter? Well, Freemasons have been around for a long time. They have the appearance of no religion, and yet there is a deep, deep religion within them. It is a religion in itself. The big secret in the Freemasons is that we are all fractals of God. In other words, little pieces of God, of divinity. And the farther we move up that chart reaching to that 33rd level, 
We become divine. It's a consciousness thing. In other words, they want us to be convinced that we're not conscious enough. I can tell you there is only one line that must be crossed in consciousness. I'm spiritually dead without Christ, and yet I have been born again, and now I am a new creation. Now I'm completely conscious of the spirit realm. Amen? That's the line that we cross. Not years and years and years of secret handshakes and secret societies. The skull and bones and the Freemasons have this in common. Why does that matter to us? Because whether you believe it or not, the Freemason, there's the chart. The Freemasons have been around for thousands of years. They have been a part of every large church and every denomination from the onset. They have been infiltrating our church boards and our church business meetings. And many times at no intention of their own, they're being used against the kingdom. Here's the deal. What's the problem? Well, here we are in the United States of America. Our structure is that we're led by a president. Did you know that 32 of our nation's presidents were Freemasons? Did you know if you begin to look at the geography of Washington, D.C., it has imagery that not only is Freemason-like and attached to the Freemasons, but even Luciferian in nature? We had 32 of our presidents that were Freemasons, and two were skull and bones, and that was good old George Bush and George Bush, the two Bushes. Why does this matter? Well, the way of the leader, so goes the nation. I say all this to say to you that we have to be educated. We have to be willing to speak the truth and speak the truth in love. I just talked to someone, I believe it was on uh, Monday, who visited the church. And first thing this individual said to me is that, hey, I'm a, I'm a good Catholic. And I was doing this study, by, by the way. <laughs> oh, well, God bless you, brother. But instead of coming at him, oh, man, let me tell you what I just learned. What's the point? Hey, let me point you away from those things and point you to the right things, to Jesus. Amen? Let's move on to uh, the one world religion. What are the roots of the one world religion? This is picture here. We've got Congress of the Leaders of the World and Traditional Religions that was established uh, that met on September 14th and 15th. I, I think I mentioned this on Sunday morning. I can't remember. This was established, believe it or not, in early 2003. The Pope at that time reached out to one of the chief imams in the Muslim faith for the sole purpose of putting to bed the idea that Muslims are, and Christians are fighting in a holy war. Something happened in 2001 that spurred this conversation. The attack on the Twin Towers and the Pentagon. Now, really, here's what we do. We step back and we say, wow. Jesus is coming back. There's going to be a one world religion. And yet all of these years ago, this terrible thing happened in the United States and then it spurred these religions to say let's start thinking about coming together and I've shared with you before that there's this thing being built called the Abrahamic house of faith that has a mosque a synagogue and a catholic church in one place in Abu Dubai in the Middle East so now they're meeting and they're signing documents it was reported on the 15th of September about this meeting that the royal religious leaders today adopted a human fraternity document signed by his eminence, the grand imam of Al-Azhar and the chairman of Muslim Council of Elders, Dr. Amid El-Tayi, and His Holiness, their words, not mine, Pope Francis of the Catholic Church in Abu Dubai. This came in the seventh Congress of the world leaders, world and traditional religions which concluded on Thursday. The closing statement of the Congress, which was attended, catch this, by over 108 religious and world leaders. I'm just talking about the big two there. 
underscore the historical significance of this document. Stressing, it promotes peace and unity. Second Thessalonians says they will say peace and security, peace and security, and then doom will come upon them. They have made the conclusion in this document, and that it, it, it's a long document, that your God and my God are the same God, that the God of Muslim faith, the God of the Catholic faith, the God of the Jewish faith, same God. Not only that, but there's 105 other religious leaders that have signed in and said, well, well, we'll accept that too. As soon as we stop acknowledging the fact that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him, then we have abandoned our faith. And yet the leader of a, of a billion Catholics that is supposed to be a Christocentric church, a Jesus-centered church, has now declared that you take your route, we'll take ours, we'll all get there to the same place at the same time. It's unfortunate. It's sad. Revelation chapter 12, I'm gonna end with the, with the COVID-19 stuff. Revelation chapter 12. Man, this is my last pastor's prophecy hour. I'm gonna go into hiding into the hills after this. I'm saying some stuff that might get me in trouble. <laughs> I'm going to read a very confusing passage, and just for you, because if you don't have the Wednesday night pastor's prophecy hour, how are you going to read the book of Revelation? <laughs> Let me show you something. You take a little notepad, and you put it beside your Bible. You say, Holy Spirit, help me. And then you read something and you write down on the little notepad, that's what I think that is. And then when you're done reading and you got your notepad, you go and you look, guess what? If you go to the right places online, the Blue Letter Bible has many, many commentaries and study helps for you as you're studying the Word of God. Bible Gateway, of course, is there, but the Blue Letter Bible, that breaks it down if you, if you want to get into Greek, Hebrew, and all those types of things. So I'm going to read a very confusing passage. I'm going to show you how my mind works and show you how the Holy Spirit could possibly help you. So this is kind of a teaching within a teaching, if we can do it. Chapter 12 of the book of Revelation, it says, Then I witnessed in heaven an event of great significance. Man, I should pay attention. Let me write down. Great significance. Pay attention. I saw a woman clothed with the sun with the moon beneath her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. Man. Day and night, sun and moon. With me? Day and night, sun and moon. 12 stars. Where have we heard 12 before? What's 12 in Scripture? What, what was there 12 of? 12 tribes of Israel? Another 12. Disciples? Okay. 12 disciples, 12 tribes. Okay. She was pregnant. Ooh, she's pregnant. She cried out because her labor pains and the agony of giving birth. Then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. I uh, saw a large red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns. What? I have no idea what that means. Go back to it. But, but if we've been in Pastor's Prophecy Hour, we know that that's a picture of the government, the world. He stood in front of the woman. Well, for verse 4, he, his tail swept away one-third of the stars in the sky. Where have we heard that before? And he threw them into the earth. He stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth ready to devour the baby as soon as it was born. Weird. She gave birth to a son who ruled the nations with an iron rod, and her child was snatched away from the dragon and was caught up to God and to his throne. Day and night, 12 tribes, 12 apostles, Dragon wants to kill the baby. With me? 
the baby will rule and the baby's caught up to the father. Maybe this is a picture of Christ in the church. Really? The birth. That's what my mind, I would write it down and then I'd go back to it. Say, okay, that's, that's, that's the church. And the woman fled into the wilderness where God had prepared a place to care for her for 1260 days. Where do we hear that? So that's half of the tribulation. And what happens at the very beginning of the tribulation is, is God marks his witnesses, 144,000 of them, and he puts them away and he takes care of them. So you see, see the connections there. We're kind of drawing that line. And here's the hard part about understanding the scriptures with me. The timeline is not linear. You know what? Because God is not in space and time. He is, out of, he is above space and time. So, so we're reading about something that we feel like, okay, that happened now and then. But that's not what he says. It says, and then I saw. Then there was a war in heaven and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels and the dragon lost the battle and he and his angels were forced out of heaven and the great dragon and the ancient serpent called the devil, Satan, the one deceiving the whole world was thrown down to the earth and his angels. And then we go through that and we get all the way to the end and it basically in chapter 12, it walks through the history of, of the battle of the church and Satan and how Christ is victorious over it all in one chapter. And it's right there smack dab in the middle of Revelation. It lays out all of this beautiful stuff that kind of is throughout the book. So I just want to encourage you, don't wait for another prophecy, whatever. Go look at Revelation with pen in hand anointed by the Spirit of God, and see what God will show you. I think you'll have some fun with it. Pastor, what if I write down the wrong thing? Who cares? I do it all the time, and then I tell you about it. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I try not to. <laughs> but I think, I think there's something about an experience for us as believers Finally catching something in the spirit that we've never seen before because the Holy Spirit taught us on our own. In our own private time and quiet time with the Lord Jesus and, and with his word. Catching something like, oh, can I tell you a personal story? We were at praise assembly and I don't know how long ago that was. We were in Bible college. How long ago was that? 20 something, uh, 25 years. Anyway. Five years ago. <laughs> it was in my 20s, so I know it was just five years ago. Anyway, no. Uh, and, and, and I was praying, and we had a missionary from India, and I was down there praying, and, and the, the missionary from India was walking around praying for people, and her name was Hilda Boontain, and she came up, and she walked behind me, and, and she said, the Lord will show you things that, that he's, he hasn't shown anyone before. No, no, no. The Lord will show you mysteries that you have not seen that kind of a word. And I'm telling you, I, I sometimes stumble across things like, ooh. But the Lord reminds me of that word in my life that keeps coming back. And I, I really, I'm ha I have fun seeing what the Holy Spirit shows me when my own personal study, I want you to have that same experience. All right. Lord, I pray that there will be a spirit of hope. I pray, God, that you would give us common sense in uncommon times, in Jesus' name. Let's talk about vaccines. All right. Let me start with the headline. And this is why I'm sharing it, because I just saw this headline, and I, and I, I got to share it. I'm not coming at you, but my heart is, guys, just stop. for your own health, for your own safety. The CDC is now recommending that children of school age get the COVID-19 vaccine schedule in their vaccine, uh, the COVID-19 vaccine within their normal schedule. So in other words, 
while the news said the CDC recommends, what they say is it's up to the states. But how many of you guys know as soon as the CDC recommends it, what is the state going to do? Especially in North Carolina, especially in Mecklenburg, you with me? Which means, which means next school year, this could be a requirement for your child to attend. Why am I telling you this? Look at this slide. In 2021, this is the COVID-19 vaccines. You can see there it has, this is, this is public information. You can Google it. I have the copy right here up here on this platform. COVID-19's number of adverse reactions, 778,000. All other vaccines for the last 30 years, only 824,000. Deaths go down to there. 16,000 people have died because of the COVID vaccine. And to your point, many times these aren't reported. All other vaccines, all of them, only 9,000 people. That's in 2021. Let's look at 2022. In 2022, you see right before you that it doubled in one year. However, the second line, 1990 to present, all other vaccines only went up by a few thousand. Deaths, the number of deaths for all other vaccines in one year only went up by a few dozen. However, deaths of the COVID-19 vaccine doubled. If this math continues, and it has been said, and the pharmaceutical executives have now had to admit that we didn't really test it, we didn't really have any proof, and if you, if you doubt that, watch real news. At the end of the day, my heart is broken and I'm concerned. It was not my place two years ago to tell you what to do with your body. And I'm not telling you what to do with your body now, but I'm telling you for your own sake, be people of the spirit and people of discernment. And when you go get that flu vaccine and they try to give you this, just stop. Let me share with you a few more statistics. They won't be on the screen. You could just put the main slide back up. I've highlighted a few. On our Pastor's Prophecy Hour link, this link will be there for you to read on your own. Reported deaths by year for COVID-19 versus all other vaccines. From 1990 to 2020, before the COVID vaccine, all other vaccines reported less than 400 deaths, all of them combined. In 2021, with the introduction of COVID-19 vaccine, we saw 600 deaths of all other vaccines, I'm sorry, 700 deaths of all other vaccines combined and 25,000 people died as a result of the COVID-19 vaccine. My heart is heavy, y'all. Age, when you begin to explore the deaths according to the age groups, Deaths in relation to what we would consider normal deaths per million. Less than two years old, only six died with no outlying conditions. But those less than two years old, it goes up 15 times if they've received a COVID-19 vaccine. More people die in every age group except age 25 to 45. Reason why is because at age 25 to 45, there's many other metrics that are causing death. However, even in the 65 plus, more vaccinated people are dying than unvaccinated people across the board. What was the narrative? If you're old, if you're sick, 
get vaccinated. This, this is information fully baked. Adverse events in COVID-19. We saw what was that. This is per millions. All other vaccines, the adverse events in 2021 were only 531. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 53,000, 53,000 of all vaccines. Adverse events speak of anything from heart conditions, stroke, uh, paralysis, any, anything that happened as a result of the vaccine. In comparison, one, the COVID-19 vaccine, adverse events in 2021 were 1.2 million in comparison to 53,000. Friends, I mentioned the adverse events. The top five are this. Number one, coronary heart disease. Number two, myocarditis and pericarditis, which is also heart disease. Number three, it's called Critchfield-Jacob disease, which is a degenerative brain disorder, 70% fatal in the first year. Number four, acute myocardial infraction. Number five, stroke. These are the five, top five adverse events. When they get on the list as an adverse event, that's all they are. They don't come back a year later after it kills you and put it down as a death. Just want to let you know how the reporting happens. And the one that's most concerning to me is all other vaccines from 1990 to present have brought about 2,900 miscarriages. In one year, the COVID-19 vaccine brought out 4,700 miscarriages. My heart is broken because what has happened is evil. The flu shot. Thirty-three deaths. Still bad. The COVID nineteen. Five thousand eight hundred and twenty. There is a risk of dying from the COVID vaccine in comparison to the flu vaccine, a hundred and seventy times greater. 170 times greater. Let's talk about treatment. This chart I have in my hand at the bottom is the most ineffective and deadly treatment. The one at the top is the least deadly. The efficacy is non-existent because it goes on one side of the line and the other. Let me just share with you, if I may, the treatment that they said was the most effective killed more people than any other treatment they offered. 769,000 when you add up the deaths, the adverse effects, it's terrifying. The second most deadly treatment is also shocking because it's the first thing they did when you went to the hospital, remdesivir. Remdesivir shuts down your organs and it slowly kills you. It's been proven. This guy's here today because he didn't let him do it. His wife went and picked him up and took him home. And it wasn't around when I got it, thank God. Let's talk about some of the most effective and both non-lethal. Zinc, calcium, vitamin C, vitamin D, ivermectin, the horse tranquilizer, 
Hydrochloroquine is on the list. Friends, we have been lied to. And this preacher has done all he can to take a step back, allow the, the data to come forward, allow the numbers to prove what we were thinking was happening. And on this last prophecy hour, I'm telling you right now, as I've told you before, you can only trust the leading of the Holy Spirit. Your government will lie to you. No matter if it's a Republican or Democrat, friends, come on. For those of you that have been fully vaccinated and boosted and all of those things, guess what? God is still on the throne and he's going to take care of you. Amen? You don't walk in fear, but I'm telling you from my heart, stop. Just stop. Why don't you pray with me? I think we're done. Heavenly Father, we love you because you first loved us. And Lord Jesus, I pray that the people of this ministry and of this church would be people of the Spirit. Lord, there are two in this room that I know right now have tests and surgeries coming up this week. And I pray in the name of Jesus, you would bring healing and wholeness. I pray that testimonies would arise of your healing touch. And God, I pray that you would use us to continue to reach those that are so lost, that have that lonely moment at night, the question that aches that this can't be it. I pray you'd help us, help us to reach those so desperately that need relationship with you. Thank you so much, Lord, for giving us discernment. Now, God, may we walk in it. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. God bless you. I know that was heavy at the end, but God was on the throne. Amen. He is on the throne. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a five-star rating and review. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to subscribe to Pastor's Prophecy Hour on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you'd like to hear more from Greater Life Church, including our Sunday morning services, go to our website, greaterlife.church.